Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole for the 57th episode of our EKN Debrief. It's October 17th, 2019, and we're actually about three weeks from this last event. It's, uh, it's been a kind of a whirlwind here at the EKN World Headquarters. We're going to be talking about the Supercarts USA Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, uh, the event taking place uh, at the end of September. But as I said, it's been kind of a crazy time here over the last couple of weeks. Uh, finally getting back after, for myself, a long run. 11 races over 13 weekends. So kind of getting, I'd say pressing the reset button. I think that's probably the best bet. Uh, but we are set to go. We're going to talk about uh, my trip out to the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. Some tremendous racing there, uh, as always, at the city just a bit north of uh, L.A. Uh, Saturday night show for the pro shifter drivers. Some great racing on Sunday. All in all, fantastic weather and, and a really, really good weekend. Uh, this weekend show, this week's show, rather, presented by J3 Competition and CompCart. Since 2005, J3 Competition has captured major victories and championships on and off the racetrack, redefining the industry with each move. The company took its unparalleled knowledge and brand recognition and developed its own chassis line, the CompCart. The CIK-FIA homologated brand has been winning ever since. Visit J3Competition.com for more on the fastest-growing chassis line in the world. All right, let's bring you in here, David Cole. I know you weren't able to make the trek out to uh, to Lancaster with us this year. Obviously, uh, a lot of other racing going on that you had uh, locked in for yourself. Uh, you missed another good one. Uh, but you know what? The funny thing is, not nearly as hot <laughs> as, it was, as it's been in years past. Well, of course not. I wasn't there. Every year That's I've it, been yeah. there, it's been 90 degrees, 100 degrees, ice packs <laughs> on our laptops, ice packs on our internet cards ice packs on us because it's so hot it's uh i'm glad you guys did not uh have to succumb to the hot temperatures that typically hit lancaster at this time of year i actually told that story david to a couple of people you know saying because it was it was really it was mid-70s it was just absolutely beautiful weather the winds were pretty high high enough that they weren't able to put up the big screen that they normally put uh, you know they hang them in front of the museum there they have the the moma museum um they actually didn't hang it there uh, they had it just, they still had the big screen up, but it was kind of right behind uh, where we had the DJ last year. So uh, it's interesting that, that the, the weather was a lot, a lot more pleasant for sure. But I did tell the story about having actual bags of ice that you would put your laptop on because it was, did we, it's been 102 degrees there before. It was hot. Yeah, I think last year was was decent weather. Uh, we had a little bit of a wind scare, I think, on yeah. Sunday uh, with it, with a TV monitor being up there so high because I remember we were sitting by the fire Saturday night after all the action had wrapped up, having a couple drinks, and and it was a it was a bit chilly that that night. But it uh, was. but yeah, typically over the what eleven years that they've had the event, I think it's been uh, above ninety degrees majority of the time. As I said, though, pretty beautiful weather for this particular edition. Still, uh, the weather, even the heat, never really stopped anyone from coming out to the event. Uh, one of the big things that happens as part of the Streets of Lancaster is their Boulevard Championship event. They raise a lot of money for uh, for Carding for Life, um, and they have kind of the, the Scusa's rental carts and VIPs get a chance. To, you know, they kind of buy their way in by donating to get into a seat. Well, there's a ton of races that happen before they even we get there. Drivers kind of qualifying to be part of the Boulevard Championship. That happens on Saturday night. So after everything's wrapped up, qualifying pre-finals, we have the main event for the Pro Shifters interspersed with this VIP racing, which is a lot of fun because, uh, again, we get you get some people that aren't quite so uh, experienced at racing 
and uh, we have a lot of fun with them driving around there. And they raise a lot of money, as we said. Of course, they have the the annual guns and hoses race with the uh, uh, the, the police officers, the the sheriffs versus the the firefighters, which is was always a good good battle. But it's always fun, Dave, because as you know, those guys, everybody comes out to kind of watch that race. Plus, they watch the cart races throughout the day as well. There's just such an atmosphere on, on Saturday night, man. It's just you know, especially with the pro shifters running under the lights. You, we, we've had X30 Senior as well. They ran on Sunday this time, but man, you know what it's like, David, down there on, on Saturday evening. Man, it's people get hyped up, and the, the bars are, are rocking, the bands are rocking. It's a it's a good time. Well, it's kind of like going to the local uh, oval track because you have fans there that are rooting for certain people. So that that kind of amps up the atmosphere a little bit because and again, that's why karting is not a spectator sport, because when you go from event to event, there aren't fans there cheering you on. It's off family or or friends who are already at the racetrack. So. So when you get these uh, these VIP races that they have at Lancaster, it's it's crazy because you can hype up a certain area of the crowd for for one driver and hype up a certain area of the crowd for another driver. Uh, but really, the two things that you want to watch for uh, when you do go watch the VIP racing is one the crashes in turn five because you always get the guys driving <laughs> a little bit too far and drift out into the wall and smash it up. And then who's going to get kicked out? Because typically there's always somebody that's going to get black flagged because of their impulsive, uh, aggressive, and just irresponsible driving. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, think we had good. that this year. Not that I remember. I, I don't think we had anybody actually get, Tom didn't pull anybody off the track, but there was definitely some contact with the barriers on the outside of turn five. That's for sure. Yeah. And again, a lot of the contact is just guys oh, a little bit overdriving it or not being able to, to get the full grip into the cart. And it happens. I mean, we see that, but yeah, typically what we had seen before was just, just there's at least that one, asshole if you want to say it correctly just that one asshole who who thinks he's he's the jeff gordon of karting and he's never been in a cart before but he's going to show everybody in front of the crowd who's 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 the real asshole yeah you're very true about that and the interesting thing is that that they get a chance to of course run the track uh during their qualifying heat races uh, on friday during the day on friday but when when we're not racing with with scusa well, the thing is, is the guys transfer through, they get a chance to run the Boulevard Championship. Well, it's cold. It's, it's you know, it's, it's gets cooler at night. And of course, those hard tires they have on the rental carts, the grip level comes way down. And yeah, there's a lot of excitement there. A lot of fun to watch. Uh, with the streets of Lancaster, as it has been for many years, the final race of the season for the California Pro Kart Challenge or the 15th season of the PKC coming to a close numbers. If we look at numbers, as we always do numbers down slightly in the Swift and X 30 classes, a drop of anywhere between one and eight uh, entries drop, uh, but 50, 50% plus growth in the K 100 numbers. So guys that potentially could have been an X 30 senior or masters running in the K 100s instead. Uh, and of course we continue to see the restructuring of the shifter card categories within the Supercarts USA program with the SSC 175, um, you know, coming in, they're getting more and more drivers, but still an across the board decrease, of course, in the shifter classes, the first year with just, uh, not just because there was the, the stock Honda category, but the, you know, the pro one and pro two, uh, both running, uh, the IME SSC 175, there was four, only four drivers in pro one, uh, there was five drivers in Pro 2. Uh, G1, obviously the split between the G1 and the G2 category, four drivers in the G1 class, uh, just the one driver in the G2 category, uh, Patrick O'Neill. So, a- again, that's that shifter cart kind of 
you know, change, David, that we've seen throughout the season. Yeah, and again, California has a lot of racing going on. Every weekend, there's a race somewhere, whether it's Northern California yeah. or Southern California. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes it just adds up to, you know, a, a number of uh, a, a season of bad numbers. And so hopefully the uh, the the program overall will rebound going into 2020. Uh, as you said, the shifter numbers are steadily increasing as we as we move along with the introduction of the 175 uh, engine package. Uh, and as you said, you know, KA 100 numbers were up. This was uh, a kind of a debut for the categories in the program because 2019 was the first full season for all those KA 100 classes being championship classes. So it's uh, it's definitely been that's where we're seeing a lot of growth is at that that grassroots level right now, which is good overall for the sport because again, guys will will, will enter enter the the, uh, the sport and the grassroots classes, and eventually we'll see numbers moving up to the uh, the quicker categories such as X30 and and shifters as well. Yeah. I agree with you. A total of 50 entries in the KA 100 junior, senior, and masters combined. So some pretty good numbers for sure. And still a a decent turnout in the X30 senior class. They put a great show on. They had 16 drivers in that category. Of course, we had a combination in the S3, S5, and S4 race groups as well. I think we had 11 or 12 in that particular category too. So although that 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 combined race group as well. The the racing, as always, was fantastic at at Lancaster. and And I think that Tom Kutcher would probably tell you, and everybody at Scusa would tell you, they, they don't really, it doesn't hurt them that much that the numbers are down a little bit for Lancaster. There ended up being 128 in total, uh, 145 last year. Because, David, the, you know, the if you had 40 car grids, you're going to have more wrecks. Because the, the, the track the track is one where if you push over the edge and go to, you know, just, just push that a little bit more, turn three, turn five, we see a lot of incidents in those corners. Yeah, those are the two key corners that, that you'll see. Uh, incidents that have a factor in in the in, in the race because yeah. uh, your hairpin incidents aren't too bad and most of the time drivers are able to get away with without any real damage but uh, truly the uh, the turn three and turn five corners are where the majority of the incidents do happen. So, folks, we're underway here with episode number fifty-seven of the EKN debrief. Uh, I'm breaking down this year's Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. After this break, we'll come back with the Paddy Pass. The shift is on to a new brand and a new way of thinking. The Croc promotion has taken American karting by storm and, simply put, we have the best kart on the market. We've won and continue to win national and regional races with a revolving door of drivers. Myers, Bedozo, French, Musgrave, and we're ready to dominate the rest of the 2019 season. We just want to win. That's it. Plain and simple. Our dynamic R&D program is more aggressive than any other manufacturer, and we're the only company focused on building the perfect chassis for American tracks, engines, and tires. Why race a cart made for Europeans? We're testing prototypes for American racing. We're breaking the mold. Croc Promotion is all about supporting dedicated and talented young drivers and winning races. That's Croc Promotion USA. That's Mad Old Nut Racing. We just want to win plain and simple. No BS. Let us spend our time and money developing the chassis so that you can win. You probably know Nitro Kart for making a class-leading cadet chassis. 
The cart that swept the 2018 Scusa Supernats Cadet Divisions and has won scores of races and championships all over the country. But did you know that NitroCart offers a full range of carts, including a kid cart and a brand new full-size chassis? Now racers of all ages can enjoy the NitroCart advantage of premium components, superior performance, and a wide range of tunable handling. All 2019 Nitro Carts are in stock now, so call Nick Tucker at 704-818-7868 and order yours today. Hi, I'm Ashley Harrow, a multi-time international champion, but most kids know me as coach. Under the tent, we aren't just friends. Everyone grows to become family. It all breaks down to two simple choices. You can either spend your time winning with us or spend your time trying to beat us. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howard alongside David Cole, episode 57 of the EKN Debrief, breaking down the most recent Supercarts USA Pro Kart Challenge event, the Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. Jumping now into the Paddock Pass, we'll talk about some of the other stuff that happened, uh, noteworthy uh, items that we'll bring up before we jump into the race report. Today's Paddock Pass brought to you by the Rawlson Performance Group. At the Rawlson Performance Group, we strive for ultimate success. We're more than just an arrive-and-drive race team with countless wins at the national and regional level. Our focus is on complete driver development, and that's where the success is fueled. We combined one-on-one coaching, on-track instruction, and intensive data debriefing with unparalleled cart and engine prep. Our program will help you raise your game, and we'll take you to the next level. If that's your goal, RPG needs to be your next move. All right, David, into the paddock pass. it's a street circuit, right? So no changes to the racetrack. We've, you know, that there's always been talk uh, about Lancaster potentially, you know, maybe using one of the other side streets, going a little longer, whatever it may be. Track exactly the same as last year. But to be honest, we, we brought we talked about it before the break, where turn three has been that kind of I called it tre- treacherous turn three uh, to add a little, little excitement to those track side we didn't really have that many incidents in turn three like we have in the past which is good well as you said the numbers being a little bit down compared to last year you have smaller fields you have uh, less uh less carts coming through there that can be collected in iraq because i remember last year just one cart getting sideways collects five uh and, yeah, and that's that's, that's yep. the uh the possibilities that can happen in turn three because again the turn three situation goes from basically what a three wide street three car wide street into a one car wide street. Uh, so the track really narrows up there in a, in a nice right hand 90 degree corner. It's a fast corner, but again, you don't have any room to kind of escape if anything does happen right in front of you. I mean, we even saw that last year in, in, in shifter cart, um, qualifying where one guy got into the barriers and just drifted one way and the driver thought he was going to go the other way. And then the two made contact and then they had a number of parts damaged on both their machines. So it's just, it's one of those tricky corners. It's, and, and it's caught some of the best. I think we had Austin Garrison get caught out on it a couple years ago. Um, Wesley Boswell, I think has made contact there. So a number of drivers have gone through there. You know, yeah. Josh Lane was a shifter cart guy. I was talking about earlier, a number of drivers have struggled with that that corner because you you got to give a little bit, but there's not a lot to give when you go through there. 
we talk about it all the time, right? In the in the play by play, it's a very very wide entry, as you said, to a very very narrow exit. And if you're doing like an over under, you're you're good. But if you have a shallow entry into turn number three, that right hander, and someone gets in trouble in front of you, there's just no way you can come back to the right of the racetrack. We've seen a lot of incidents there, but no changes to the track. It was it was pretty solid. Um, you know, one of the interesting things about this particular weekend, it's the first time that Ryan Norberg's actually ever been at the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. Of course, Ryan joining the Rawlson Performance Group right at the very end of 2018, ran the entire Pro Kart Challenge with him this year and ended up winning the championship. Uh, but for Norberg, first time he would ever run the streets of Lancaster. He was very excited to be there. Uh, and with his addition, that put four of the top 15 drivers in the country on the grid. Ryan Norberg, Christian Brooks, Jake Drew, and Billy Musgrave, all part of the X30 senior class. Uh, pretty solid talent uh, for this particular street race, Dave. Yeah, I believe I saw Norberg make a comment following the weekend thinking that the track was going to be a little bit more uh, sketchy, a little bit more dangerous than what he thought going in. Uh, running up front certainly helps calm that, calm those nerves. Yeah, exactly. But also, you know, as you said, racing against guys that he's been racing with all season long with, with Christian Brooks, Billy Musgrave, Jake Drew, all these guys, they all respect one another. They know, uh, you know, there's no reason to crash each other into the wall when uh, you can just get them the next corner. So they have that that respect factor. And that's a big major part of street racing is having that respect for not only the track, but the competitors that you are racing against. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Uh, to, to know who you're running with and running around, it was really good racing up front. It, it always is an X30 senior at, at Lancaster. The, fa- the fans absolutely loved it because it was you know, passing in turn three, the hairpin, uh, passing, of course, in turn five, as always. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, one of the things, obviously, uh, last race for John Crow, David, with the Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix scholarship uh, colors. Obviously, John uh, winning that scholarship at last year's event and represented the, the Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix throughout the 2019 season. Uh, John just had a rough weekend. He was fast like crazy, but I want to say he broke a pipe mount in one race, and I think it was the chain in the other race. He just didn't have the luck you wanted to, to cap off that, that scholarship here. Yeah, it's part of racing, and John knows that. Um, I mean, John's had a lot of good luck uh, over the last couple of years, especially last year where I think he swept, you know, the, the Pro Kart Challenge and I think Pro Tour almost with uh, in the S4 Supermaster category. So he had a, he, he's had a lot of luck go his way. And, you know, street racing, he knows it racing in Indiana a lot of years. Uh, it just, you know, sometimes it catches up to you and, uh, and bites you, but, uh, you know, thankfully he's able to, you know, it was just mechanical more than anything. So that's, that's really a, a good plus leaving a street race. Uh, continuing with this edition of the paddock pass, part of the debrief here today on the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, Rob Howden alongside David Cole. Uh, what I thought was kind of cool, uh, David, and the great thing was he was able to run up front as well. Matt Johnson who uh, wins the, the Pro Tour Championship in the X30 Masters category, decides he's going to run X30 Senior uh, at the streets of Lancaster. He was right in the fight. That's the thing about, about, about Matt, right? You just know he can still be in the fight with the senior drivers, which is cool. Yeah, it's something he's done before at, at Lancaster. And yep. I think it was a great way to help him get uh, motivated a little bit as he went to France to uh, represent Supercarts USA at the uh, IAMI International Final, which is going on right now. Um, today, today being Friday, he actually has an off day because he was able to qualify into the main event for uh, Saturday. So that's good on him. Uh, obviously, the little bit of uh, testing at Lancaster certainly helped uh, uh, 
helped him uh, to, to, to get warmed up for, uh, for the trip to France. All in all, David, a really solid weekend. You know, you've been there many times, so you know you know what the crowd's like. As I had said earlier, a really good crowd all weekend long. In fact, a really strong crowd on Sunday as well. And it's interesting, David, and we'll talk more about it because one of the you know one of the topics is whether or not Streets of Lancaster is going to be back next year. Um, there's a potential that it could be the track could get moved. We're being told. So, and then of course Tom was trying to talk to, kind of playing the uh, with with the, the 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 city council and the board. Uh, uh, and the city itself about it, whether or not it's going to come back in the, at the uh, at the end of the day at the, at the award presentation was saying hey are we coming back or what? Uh, interesting though with the crowd, David. Every year we go back, we see so many faces that we've seen before. You know, it's almost like there's guys that come out every year, right? They bring their kids out every year. We're watching. We're kind of watching their kids grow up over the last couple of years. We've I've talked to some parents who have got their kids into the sport because they've come to the Lancaster race to watch it and wanted to do it themselves. I talked to a couple this year who are planning on getting into the sport because their, their young son or daughter were all jacked up and, and wanted to go racing. So the, the crowd was huge, as always, in turn five, right at the corner there of Ehrlich and the boulevard. Um, but, man, it was it's cool to see people come back. And they, they want to come back and tell us that they're back again this year. They've been waiting all year for the race to come back. Well, when you have the event 11 straight years, it, it, it does build that that fan participation, mm-hmm. that, that um, dedication, the yep. fan dedication, not just for the racers themselves, but for the people who live in Lancaster or the surrounding Valley area. Um, you know, it's, it's an event that's, and that's essentially what street racing does. It, it's, it's not just about racing. It's in, it's an event where you, like you said, you have the boulevard there full of uh, 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 bands and, and food and, and then all the restaurants, uh, having specials throughout the weekend. It's, it's, it's a great event. And that's something when you follow, we follow the city of Lancaster Facebook page. I see the city's always putting on events, trying to, you know, just getting the community around, uh, certain events that go on throughout the year. And, and this is their like big September event. This is where they bring in a number of, uh, of corporate sponsors that help promote the event. And they bring in a lot of uh, other, opportunities for for other things to happen throughout the weekend they had some really notable bands there too as well um ever not everclear was it everclear yeah no. everclear everclear yeah, was everclear. there which you're like what what are they yeah. doing playing this this street race so yeah um yeah so i you know it's i you know obviously you have it's uh, there's a lot of politics involved with having a street race because you have a number of businesses that surround the actual facility itself um, you know, and there's a lot of money involved in, in shutting everything down and, and, and providing, you know, workers to, 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 to work. So there's, there's a lot of politics that go on with this. It's, you know, it's nothing that Rock Island Grand Prix hasn't dealt with over the, the 25 events that they've hosted or any other type of street races that, that you see in motorsports. It's just, you know, it, hopefully things get worked out. You know, there we've, we've, we've heard things leading up to the race and now hopefully maybe now that they've had the the 11th event maybe maybe it'll help turn the tide to come back and say hey yeah we need to keep this in the boulevard well you know as you said david it takes a lot to put a race like this on i want to say the budget's over three hundred fifty thousand dollars to put the race on itself of course all the staff that's there all the fencing everything it, it, it takes to put that race on and you know how they do it as well david they have the full you know there's the after party right there at the boulevard as well 
wasn't really well attended this year, but again, open bar and tunes playing. It was a really, really cool atmosphere. You mentioned sponsors as well. Toyota of Lancaster, one of the big sponsors of the event, the presenting sponsor. And I think they really want this race to continue to go. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see whether or not uh, they bring this event back for uh, 2020. I know that a lot of people would love to have it back, racers included. Well, yeah. I mean, you you think about it. If if you move it away from the boulevard to a different location that's away from everything, it's you're essentially doing the what cart tracks do. Cart tracks are away from everything. Yeah. Nobody yeah. travels there to go watch a race. This is something that we're bringing an event to you, and that's that's the one thing that street racing has the ability to do. We're bringing racing to you. Yeah, you take it to the people. That's exactly it. We've, we've been saying that for many, many years. It's a great way to expose karting to people that may not know about it. All right, folks, stick with us. More to come. We'll get into the race by uh, our race by race breakdown, the race report coming up next. If the dream is IndyCar, set your target on the road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. Our ladder system is designed to take drivers through three runs of competition. The first step is the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship, which features a carbon tub Tatus chassis, 180 horsepower, and paddle shift sequential gearbox. Boost the USF 2000's output to 280 horsepower for the newly named Indy Pro 2000 program, the second rung of the road to Indy, formerly known as Pro Mazda. Add in increased grip and aero downforce, and the Tatus PM18 becomes an incredible racing machine. The final step before IndyCar is the Indy Lights Championship presented by Cooper Tires. The Delara IL15 boasts a whopping 450 horsepower. This car itself has helped train a third of the grid expected for the 2019 IndyCar Series. At all three levels, you race at premier venues on the same dance card as IndyCar. Showcase your skills under the watchful eyes of IndyCar scouts and owners. The program is unprecedented around the world, offering the opportunity to climb the ladder with over $2 million in scholarships to the champions in USF 2000, Indy Pro 2000, and Indy Lights. Former Carters fill the roster of Road to Indy graduates in IndyCar, like Spencer Piggott, Zach Beach, Jack Harvey, Ed Jones, Matthias Laced, Felix Rosenquist, Colton Herta, and 2018 Indy Lights champion Pato Award. Recent graduates, like Kyle Kirkwood, are in the middle of their journeys right now as well. Follow in their footsteps. If you want to race IndyCar, there's only one choice. The Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. Located in Mooresville, North Carolina, on-site at GoPro Motorplex, Kart Sport North America features over 6,000 square feet of retail space. Along with being the official race team and distributor for the Kart Republic chassis, they offer full retail sales, kart service and storage, and products from the top brands in the sport, such as CZ Chain, Talon Sprockets, SKF Bearings, and Prisma Tire Gauges. If you want to take your racing to the next level, they also offer driver training and coaching programs available trackside at GoPro Motorplex. They have a massive inventory, so head to their online store at kartsportna.com to get same-day shipping of the parts and components that you need. While you're there, check out their used section of carts, engines, parts, and accessories. Kartsport North America. 
top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, the EKN Debrief for the most uh, recent running of the Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. We're about, what, two and a half, three weeks from the event, so it took a little while for us to get this one locked in, but it's been busy here at uh, EKN World Headquarters, a a tough run for myself, 11 races over 13 weekends, had a chance to kind of reset and and get back at it, And, and of course, David Cole and I now both focusing forward on the upcoming Supercar USA Super Nationals in November. Let's jump into the uh, the race-by-race, race, the class-by-class class race report. This one brought to you by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the state-of-the-art Speed Sports Racing Park just north of Houston, the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-7223. All right, David, let's jump in here with the uh, X30 senior class. Uh, Not surprising, Ryan Norberg, national number one, four-time defending Supercar USA Pro Tour champion it still amazes me when I when I have to say that because four years in a row he's won the X thirty senior championship, dominated the action, uh, qualified on pole, won the pre final, ends up winning the main event over Nick Ramirez. As we said, Matt Johnson running in the senior category. It was it was interesting though, David. You know Ryan led early, you know jumped out to, to the lead the first I think eight laps of the race. Uh, Joseph Denali though stepped up. Both he Ramirez was in the hunt as well. Um, Denali did take the lead at one point, but David, as you would, as you would expect at Lancaster, uh, midway point of the, of the race, six drivers, nose to tail, that was the lead group. Johnson, Norberg, Ramirez, they all ended up pulling away, but it was just a stereotypical senior race, man, and they were lined up and pushing hard. Well, that that's the part about this facility or this circuit. Um, if you get into a rhythm, you can, you can keep pace with uh, the drivers ahead of you. As long as you, you everybody keeps their their uh, position cleanly and you know nobody nobody gets too crazy uh you're able to kind of eat up maintain your pace maintain your pace and kind of measure everybody up and again it's all about limiting those mistakes and that's a big part of uh of street racing and and racing at this the x30 senior level as it is is limiting those mistakes so it's yeah you do you are able to get those uh those larger lead packs and as you know, David, it is the longest straightaway in North American card, and we haven't talked about that yet, 1,000 feet. Now, you come out of a very tight left-hand hairpin, so if it was a 90-degree leading on there, you'd have even higher top speeds. But a 1,000 feet, a foot straightaway, David, the minute, if you're in that lead draft pack, you're getting the draft. There's no doubt about it. And then when the guys start going too wide, coming down into turn five, the left-hander at the end of the straightaway, they're punching even bigger uh hole in the air plus the driver on the outside if they are side by side has to check up a little bit so if there is passing up front as there was in x30 senior uh and anywhere in that top six if you're there in sixth fifth or sixth you're going to get an opportunity to roll more speed through that corner it keeps things tight with the action in turn five no definitely yeah drafting is a big major part of it especially at the speeds that the x30 senior category uh is moving along there um, even, even in the, uh, 175 category where the speeds are even higher, that's, uh, drafting is a big part of it. One of the things about Ryan Norberg, and he talked about this in, in his interview afterwards was the fact that he, he led early and then, but you know, he, he has that 
he's got the patience, right? He's he's just learned so much over the last number of years. He's just such a uh, a composed driver that he slotted in a second. You know, I think Joseph Del Nally, as I said, took the lead at one point. Nick Ramirez was right there as well. And I, I think that, you know, Ryan, he, he didn't think he needed the lead. You know, he wanted to make sure he was going to be in second. He wanted to make sure he was able to make a move. But at one point, he said that I mean, in, in the interview was just, you know what? I decided that the lead was the place to be. Like, I just, I didn't want to mess around with anything. He ended up going back to the lead. And when he did that, it was the battle behind him, David, that kind of allowed him to get that gap, right? Nick Ramirez was, was really going at it. Matt Johnson went to second for a time. But with them going back and forth, and as we talked about, when you're side by side, you're losing a bit of ga- lose, lose a little bit of exit speed. The minute they started racing for second, Norberg was able to pull away. It was a classic Norberg performance, right? Let them battle behind you and stretch away. Yeah, you don't. Sometimes you don't want to be in second spot, especially in street racing. That's that's because you know you're not quite sure what what's going to happen in front of you, or even being in the third. Because if the two guys ahead of you get together, you might not have anywhere to go. So yeah, True. it was a it was a good move for Norberg, but. Uh, uh, yeah, good to see uh, Ramirez up there. Ramirez has continued to kind of pick up the pace. I know he's yeah. been uh, a good driver in the K100 category, and he you know, oftentimes does double duty. Uh, but good to see him pull off a runner-up finish. Yeah, it was a good pass to get by Matt Johnson, take that second position. As I said, Johnson coming home third. A really good run, and it was a shame that he had had, to, had the trouble in the pre-final. Jake Drew had to start at the very, very tail of the field, started 16th in the order, ended up racing his way up to fourth. At one point, David, he was closing that up on that lead group. And I, you know, in my play-by-play, I'm like, let's see if Drew can get the sixth. Well, when he got to sixth, he immediately went to fifth and then went to fourth. So we've seen some good runs out of Jake Drew over the you know, over the years. And uh, again, one of the top senior drivers in the country now. Uh, let's look at the points. Uh, Ryan Norberg ends up with that point championship. Uh, Billy Musgrave coming home in second. Didn't really have the pace on the weekend to, to run for the race win. He ends up uh, second in the points and Joseph Denali rounding out the top three. That's the Pro Kart Challenge points as well. We'll update those with each category because, of course, Pro Kart Challenge. The finale, we finally got things locked out. And I know Scusa David came out with their final uh, final point results, making it official on those who won the championship this year. Yeah, Norberg competing for the first time in the California Pro Kart Challenge, being a Florida driver. But uh, the Rawlison Performance Group is uh, is a, I'm now into, the, like I believe, their third year following the series. Yeah. So that, that helped bring Norberg out there. Uh, Denali was last year's champion, so he drops to third. And then Musgrave there still was in championship contention going into the weekend. But as you said, didn't quite have the pace uh, to compete or to contend at Lancaster. Before we jump into our next commercial break, let's talk about the essentially the uh, the four categories that were racing on the Saturday night show. And that was uh, that's one of the things they do at Streets of Lancaster. As I said, the drivers of the pro shifter category, it's already been shifter and X30 senior. But in the pro shifter class, they qualify, run their pre-final and run their main event on Saturday. They're the ones that run under the lights this year. And it was, uh, Dave, it was another Croc Promotion USA battle. Uh, of course, Billy Musgrave and Jake French, the two teammates going head-to-head. Uh, Musgrave qualified on the pole. He comes in, of course, as the defending race winner. The poster boy, right, David? He's on mm-hmm. all, all the all mm-hmm. the banners, uh, getting all the love from, from the marketing for the streets of Lancaster throughout the weekend. Uh, Musgrave qualifies on the pole, wins the pre-final. But in the main event, Musgrave led early. Jake kind of hung in behind him there. It was a two-driver battle. They pulled away, kind of bided their time for the first half of the race. Lap 15, five to go. French, I don't know if there was contact or not. I, I, I've seen some in-car video, and it does look like there may have been, but I'm not sure. But just a little, maybe maybe a little love tap into the turn four 
uh, hairpin. They go side by side, come out of the hairpin. Uh, French able to take the lead from from there. Musgrave put, put the, the heat on him throughout the, the remainder of the race, last five laps. But uh, Jake French in, uh, winning this particular inter-team battle in the Croc Promotion USA crew uh, as he gets his first win. Only a second start at the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, but uh, a big win for Jake French uh, for him to get that victory. And, and another win for Croc Promotion USA. Man, they are racking up the shifter cart wins this year. Yeah, a number of wins. Jake now went, uh, was that three for three, if you go back to the Summer Nationals. He yeah. might have won something else, uh, maybe a LAKC race, but uh, we'll just go three for three uh, in the last two races that he's done with uh, with Croc Promotion. Uh, but yeah, I mean, sometimes teammates got to race a little bit hard and, uh, you know, contact or no contact. French got the job done and and obviously Musgrave probably had some of his opportunities there and just just wasn't able to capitalize. Yeah, it was it was just great racing, and to watch these two talented drivers go at it. You know where we are. At least my announcing tower right on the outside of turn five. It's just so much fun to watch those guys come into the end of that straightaway, thousand foot straightaway, probably ninety miles an hour, ninety one, ninety two miles an hour coming down into that corner. It's only twenty feet wide down that straightaway, and they get on the brakes. The car's kind of jinking back and forth. They release, get back on the power coming through turn five, and the fans absolutely love it, especially under the lights, because David. You know how cool shifter carts look under the lights, sparking like crazy. It was awesome. I love it. Oh, I love, yeah. Any <laughs> kind, any cart racing in, under the lights is awesome. I agree. Uh, Musgrave ends up winning the points championship. So French wins the uh, the battle, but Billy Musgrave wins the war. He wins once again the points championship of the Pro Kart Challenge. Jake French comes home second overall. Cody Hodgson third in points. And I'll, I'll add in that Robert Heck Jr. on the CRG capping off the podium in the pro shifter one category, but Billy Musgrave, David, another championship in the pro cart challenge six now for Billy Musgrave in the California pro cart challenge, uh, six out of the last seven years, uh, championships for him. Uh, and then also he lost, but he did end his Jake French did end his losing or winning streak. Uh, Musgrave had 11 victories going into Lancaster, having won all six races last year winning the first five rounds this year, and then French uh, decided to pull the plug on that. That's unbelievable, isn't it? And I, David, you had that throwback Thursday up on Facebook, uh, on the on the EKN Facebook, going back to, to Billy at the Super Nationals in what, 2000, what year was that? Was that 12, 2012, whatever it was? It, flashback, flashback Friday, Friday, yeah. Friday, there you go. Isn't that crazy? We got another one coming today. Is, yeah. Isn't it crazy, though, that, that that what Billy's been able to do since kind of coming in here as this raw rookie at a motocross and uh, and just man, the, the the resume he's amassed is unbelievable. Well, it's folk. I mean, you've you've had those interviews with him on, here on the uh, EKN Radio Network. It's just he's focused on on being the best yep. and and being able to uh, to perform at his best and 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 again limit those mistakes and and when when he finds something that uh, that they they falter at or or they need to improve he, that's what they go to the track for on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays to do uh you know because he's at the track nearly every day of the week and that's the commitment right that's what it takes if you want to be one of the best drivers in the country Billy of course a multi-time winner of the Super Nationals just needs that pro tour championship uh, to cap off uh, that resume. He'll be going for that well, in 2020 for sure. He, he's going for the fourth <laughs> victory at the Super Nationals, that's which it. has only been done by Connor De Felipe. Yep, you're right. And that's the other, yeah, that's the other little, uh, little, uh, what do you got, tip of the hat it would be if he get, he's able to get that fourth victory this year. It'll well, be tough. It'll be tough. Yeah. There's lots of guys going at him. 
Here's the thing. Would you rather have four supernational victories or a one Pro Tour championship? Four supernationals victories. There you go. That's what <laughs> and so say. it's not a bad trade-off, True. right? Hey, let's bring this up as well. Uh, Streets of Lancaster, the last opportunity for Billy Musgrave and Jake French to go head to head as well as teammates. As teammates, yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to say teammates. anything about it, but we, yeah, I was going to say we're going to save it for our our next podcast next week. But uh, yeah. yeah, for as teammates, so we'll see. Again, they they have mutual respect for one another. Jake French is moving on to uh, another operation with uh, Burrell Art and PSL Carding. But uh, yeah, I think they still have respect for one another. But I think. We're still going to see Jake and and Billy racing against one another very closely at the Super Nationals. I think that they developed a very quick friendship. They got along really well. And the way they worked together at Croc Promotion USA, I think, took both of their games to the next level. I'll I'll say that right now because I think they fed off each other. They worked with each other. They almost coached each other to a certain extent. Um, Yeah, I think a great friendship. And we're going to see a lot lot more great racing in 2020 between two very, very talented drivers. Of course, one from California – one from Texas. Uh, David, four categories racing in, the, in that group on Saturday night. The Pro Shifter 2 class was a lot of fun to watch as well. Uh, Micah Hendricks came out of the gate strong, qualified on the pole, uh, was able to win the pre-final as well. Led the first uh, 11 laps of the main event as well before Iman Fazlalahi was able to get by. Connor Robles came, came by with him as well. And that this is what kind of turned things up. 20 lapper. Uh, Hendricks falls back into the third spot. So then it's the battle between Fazlalahi and Connor Robles. And I'll tell you, Robles is actually able to go by on lap number 13, takes the lead, and then drives on to the victory. It's been a really impressive season for Connor Robles. Uh, David, we saw him kind of step out at the Spring Nationals and then rock at, at the Summer Nats as well on the Pro Tour. Uh, you got to think that he's going to be a, a primary candidate for the championship in Pro Shifter 2 in 2020. Well, it's that confidence builder. He's yeah. he's built it up throughout the season, not only at Pro Kart Challenge, but also through the Pro Tour, being able to land on the podium a couple times, as you said. And so going into Lancaster, he's like, let's go for it. And they went for it and uh, was able to come away with a victory. And and yeah, definitely he, he, he has the opportunity to be among those battling for Pro Tour or Pro 2 victory and at, at the Super Nationals upcoming next month. But also looking ahead to 2020s, he's definitely going to put himself uh, out there as one of the top contenders. Kind of like what we saw with Max Hewitt last year, kind of step up towards the end of the year, become a contender, and then was a contender all throughout 2019. Well, let's put it this way. Connor Robles battling all throughout this. He's not so much battling with, but finishing second, third, whatever it was, to race Liberante. You know, race, obviously, is a driver with lots of experience. Pro 2 was a place for him to get back into the sport, having not driven the shifter cart for, for many years. He'll run Pro Shifter 2 at the Supernats, but next year, Liberante's going to Pro 1. Connor Robles is going to be there to step in and, and say, you know what, my turn. My turn to shine. My lear- turn to learn how to win races. So, did a great job. I just wanted to, I wanted to say that. He uh, he and, and Fazla Lahi able to get by Hendricks early, as I had said, slides into that spot. Uh, and then Robles... Uh, getting by Fazalahi as well on lap 13 to get the win. Uh, yeah, Robles actually ends up P1. Micah Hendricks was second, and Aiden O'Neill ends up in the third spot. I can't remember what happened to Fazalahi uh, for him not to finish on the podium. It doesn't, uh, for some reason, it's not jogging my mind. It was three weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> Fazalahi does end up, he does end up the win of the points championship. How do you not remember this yeah, stuff? I don't Rob? know. David. This is your job. True enough. 
Uh, it says here he dropped down five seconds off the pace. So uh, looks like there might have been. Nope, there was no issues. So there you go. Maybe just fell back. Or maybe they maybe they typed it. I don't know. I five second penalty. There you go. Five second penalty. I do. I will tell you this. This was kind of funny uh, on Saturday night, of course. And I'll, I'll rub this in for you. Um, I went into uh, In-N-Out Burger on the way home. We were all done for the day. And and I came, I came in and it was John Crow, uh, Iman, Fazalahi. And Billy Musgrave, and they <laughs> Crow. There was just the three of them having lunch, and Crow called it the Losers' Lounge. <laughs> it sounds about right. Because of course, John didn't get to the end of the race. He had the issue. I think it was the chain for him. Iman had the issue. He fell back a little bit, and then Billy Crow, uh, Billy obviously finishing second to Jake French. So they were they were all kind of drowning drowning their sorrows with a double double, David. And uh, well, well, none of them really drink. So yeah, why not uh, do it with a great burger and some fries? That's exactly right. Yeah. So it was, and then make it, and then make me jealous because they had it and I didn't. That's it. Cause he, yeah, see, they're really, I, I was saying that they're not really the losers lounge because at least they're one step up on you because yeah. they're going to be able to have a burger and you did not have a burger. I did not. No, you did not. Uh, also running in that particular group on Saturday night, the G one and the G two category, Carl Lewis coming away with the, uh, uh, the G1 win, uh, as I said, Crow had a mechanical on lap number three while leading. An incident between Travis Irving and Brett Harrelson dropped them out of the race, I think, on lap 15 or something like that. So Carl Lewis ended up grabbing the win in the uh, in the Illuminos chassis. Harrelson was, uh, was I believe, second and Crow third. Uh, we won't go into it, but an issue with, with Travis Irving. Uh, he got DQ'd from the event. Uh, points in the G1 category for Masters drivers on the 175. John Crow ending up with the championship, Carl Lewis in second. Rob Logan ended up third overall in the points. He did the first three races of the season. Hopefully, we'll see more drivers in the G1 category next year. The only driver in the G2 class, the Supermaster category for the 175cc drivers, Patrick O'Neill. He was the only G2 entry of the year, only G2 entry of the race. But, David, you probably won't be surprised with the fact that he was right there running with the big dogs, with Crow and, and everybody else in G1, because Patrick's a, a hell of a driver. Yeah, former winner at the Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, That's definitely it. he knows how to get around that that track very well. And you don't you don't want to get into the Irving thing? Come on. That, 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 isn't that what podcasts are for? <laughs> well, this is more of a debrief. Oh, OK. The yeah, reason yeah, why yeah. I don't want. No, I was just going to say, hey, the reason. OK, go ahead. You go. You know, you go. I just I wasn't going to comment on it because I didn't see. Oh, okay, it. that's that's I don't I didn't see it, so I can't. I, I don't know what to say. Gotcha. Obviously, good point. Then I, neither of us saw it, so we won't talk about it. Good idea. Yeah, I just I don't. That's and, I, and people have asked me that. What do you think? Uh, and so, if you want to go really quickly into it, uh, Harrelson and, and and Irving get together in turn number four. Uh, they get out of the cart, and again, I can't say what happened, but I guess there was some some type of an altercation between Travis and Brett. I didn't see it, and people have tried to detail it to me, but I've heard, you know, every time you hear a different uh, vantage point of what it is, right? Well, this is what happened, this is what happened. I didn't see it. A- anytime there's there's physical contact, you know, the driver is, the, the driver who does it is, uh, you know, is taken from the race and, and done for the day. So, you know. Well, and that's what I was going to say. I was going to say anytime there is physical yeah. contact with another person, be it a driver or even an official or you know that type of situation yeah i i believe so uh, a heavy penalty needs to be laid down and that's that's one thing i think scusa has has definitely uh followed with uh, as we date back to say billy cleveland at the super nationals yeah. when he pushed another driver uh and jumped on top of him um you know no yeah no punches were thrown but it's still 
a, a form of assault. And, and that's the type of situations that you do not want at your events. So if you are at fault of that, then yes, you should be uh, penalized heavily. And that's it. And again, that's maybe that's a really good... Uh- yeah, and that's all, that's all I wanted well, to say. It's, about again, it. it's yeah. a you know it's a probably a really good topic if we decide to do a roundtable now that the season's done. We're home here for for a bit. We got the Supernats, then we're going to have essentially off until we get started again in, in the Winter Series races. And you're heading to Daytona for WKA. Well, let's have a couple of roundtables. Maybe that's a good roundtable deal. Is should in the senior category should the drivers be able to essentially take matters into their own hands? You know, I watched some of the social media comments on it. And it's, hey, you know what? Let us let us take care of ourselves, police ourselves. Well, then it's short track stock car racing, right? That, you know, then you're then you're then you're having the scrap in the pits. You're having the all on fights. Uh, when you have a hard fast rule of no contact, kind of takes care of that, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll talk more about it. All right, let's go to a break. Actually, when we come back, uh, let's talk uh, X30 Master and X30 Supermaster. That'll 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 be the class we hit on. When we get back here to the EKN debrief. From coast to coast. IAMI has become the two-cycle engine of choice for American karting. Starting with the air-cooled 60cc Swift engine for micro and mini drivers and moving through the incredible X30 power plant for junior, senior, and masters, IAMI is providing much-needed stability for the sport. In 2018, the new KA100 Rejet engine took the karting community by storm, and it will be a core class on the Scusa Winter Series and Pro Tour as well as the United States Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup Program. Watch for more regions, series, and events to get on board with the new IAMI formula. This year, IAMI USA is debuting the new SSE 175cc shifter engine, which will be the foundation of Supercart's USA gearbox competition for the future. The engine has been custom designed with a balanced equation of performance and reliability. We have two distribution centers in the U.S. to serve you well. IAMI East in Mooresville, North Carolina, and IAMI West in Temecula, California. The momentum is continuing to build, and it's time to make an investment in stabilizing your engine program. For more information, head to the website for your region, IAMIUSAEast.com or IAMIUSAWest.com. IAMI, the heart of Carpenter. History, success, family. Those are the three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured carting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis, and they have provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers throughout their near six decades of business. Comet's online store features everything you need continually adding new parts to their product line. Comet Kart Sales attends dozens of karting events every year, offering trackside service for racers and families. Karting veterans Mark Dismore Jr. and Gary Lawson provide one-on-one driver coaching and tuning assistance for each trackside customer. The engine building business, Comet Racing Engines, has won countless major events and championships over decades of karting, and they continue to offer the best trackside service in the industry. Make sure you head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be a part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. 
Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole as we finally get around to our EKN debrief of this year's Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. It's a pretty hectic end of the season. We had a couple of events. Uh, I had a couple of events before Streets of Lancaster. Had We had one event after that as well. Kind of got back into the office, got things reset, took a deep breath, back at it. Uh, we're talking race report now. This particular edition of the race report brought to you by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Let's jump into X30 Master. And David, it's always kind of cool. You know, we've seen it before with Brendan Baker, but it's always cool when somebody from Lancaster can actually step up and, you know, and, and perform and get that home home win. Well, that happened this particular year in X30 Master. Nick DeGraff on the MMK ends up qualifying on pole. Carlos Calderon comes from the tail of the field. He ends up, he actually had an issue in qualifying. Somebody hit him in turn five, got into the wall. He can't, got a great start, but was able to go to the front. Carlos Calderon wins the pre-final, but he has an issue early in the main, goes to the sidelines. Nick DeGraff, though, stepping up with the win, David, but it, it, it wasn't without a battle because he had Billy Cleveland all over him. Brett Harrelson was there as well. The scrap went down to the very end in this particular category. Billy told me he probably just waited a little too long because he made a move coming out of turn number five with side-by-side on the inside of Nick coming up to the to checkered flag, and he, I think he figured he probably could have got by him but waited just to the very end. But I'll tell you, Dave, as a, as a hometown Lancaster boy, Nick DeGraff, the emotion coming across the line, and then the emotion for the entire cool-down lap as he worked his way back to the scales before he jumped in the truck to come down for the interview, it was awesome to see because he was over the moon having won. Yeah, we've seen not only just local drivers, but uh, a lot of other drivers that uh, that just put that Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix at the the top of their bucket list. And, and to be able to yeah. win there is cool. But yeah, to win on your home... T- your home turf is uh, is definitely uh, monumental. But uh, yeah, like you said, waiting till the last lap might not always be the best option. Uh, at you the, mentioned that you mentioned that earlier. At, you mentioned that earlier, didn't the, you? Uh, yeah. At the uh, streets of Lancaster, because again, you don't know what's going to happen in front of you. And it's almost better to get out in the lead and, and kind of get away if you can. Yeah, Brett Harrelson ends up winning the championship. Steve Martin in second, Billy Cleveland in third. That was your championship run in the X30 Masterclass of the California Pro Car Challenge. In the Supermaster category for X30, John Crow qualifies on pole, wins the pre-final, really has things handled. Crow was kind of the class of the field, leads 17 of the 20 laps, but comes out of turn five, and all of a sudden, David, the pipe goes flinging around. Broke the pipe mount with just three laps to go. Uh, John Persling and Stu Hayden were running second and third. They get moved up to first and second. Tough one. Tough weekend overall for John Crow. He's the scholarship, you know, the scholarship winner from last year. He's got the Streets of Lancaster suit on, just wants to be able to have a good event and two technical DNFs. Tough one for John. Well, at least he didn't have to pay for the entry, right? <laughs> that's, that's true. That's very true. That's funny. Hey, listen, here's the one thing. And, I, and on the way into the track on, on Sunday morning, I stopped to talk to, to Stu Hayner. Uh, obviously, for me and for I think a lot of us, just one of those guys we look at and we're like, damn, this is he's badass. 70 years of age. Still running California Pro Kart Challenge, told me at the start of the, of the of the weekend that he just really wants to win this championship. And, and, and once he wins it, he'll probably retire to a certain extent. He's not going to be running full time. Stu Hayner finishes second on the racetrack, wins the championship over John Persing. Jeff Rice ends up in third in the title in the in the championship battle. But at 70 years of age, the X30 Supermaster Champion from California Pro Kart Challenge, Stu Hayner. Pretty cool. 
That's 25 years above the minimum age. It is. And it means I've got 19 more years of racing still, which I like. There you go. It would be like a, a 40-year-old winning uh, X30 Senior it Championship. Would, you're right. That's exactly so right. So it would be like me. It would be like me winning X30 Senior Championship. I don't I'm know. so amazing. You are so amazing, Dave. Uh, also on track, uh, the S3, S4, and S5. So there were stock Hondas still there, just not a huge field. There were, there were a number of drivers in the S3 category, which I thought were great. S3, I think, had like six or seven, which is good. Um, Vicente Salas ends up qualifying on pole, wins the pre-final as well. And we had a pretty good race, though, throughout the event. Salas had the lead early. Luca, uh, Luca Bartone ran second. Uh, Jacob Pizzinato was right there in third as well. And kind of hanging back there was Chris Nunes. It's just, he's an off-road racer, running with our buddy Josh Huff at JH Motorsports, starts coming on midway through the race, gets a little closer. Mike Mantell was right in there battling as well. Let me throw that in there. So Mike Mantell was running in the S4 category. There's only two drivers in the S4 class. Jason Bennett was there as well, or Justin Bennett rather was was running. He went out early. Mantell's always wanted to win Lancaster, but he was the only S4 driver really running midway through the race, but he was battling it out with the guys in S3 going back and forth. So again, we're thinking about overall race win as well. Salas ends up taking the lead from Mantel with five to go, lap 15. Mantel takes it right back. And then Salas and Bartone, David, both tried to get to the inside of Mantel coming into turn number five. And we know how that happens. They were down the inside, right? So Mantel's on the outside. They got the most shallow entry coming through. They're, they're, and they're trying to help a big head of steam. I think that maybe Bartone might have gotten to the back of Salas a little bit, David, and you would not be surprised that Salas wasn't able to make the corner, end up just getting into the barriers on the exit. Bortone had to check up. Mantel was able to cruise underneath, like did the over-under. But it was just, Dave, one of those textbook Lancaster deals where you're trying to roll so much speed, an inside pass, and if you go too deep, you're just not going to make that corner. <laughs> you see it in the rental <laughs> carts. You're going to see it in the real carts as well, too. It's just, it's a really <laughs> tricky corner to to try and and hold that inside line if you can and it, it doesn't always work so as they come through the corner let's let's go from here now running in third spot in the category is Pizzinato but he's got Chris Noons all over him so there's like what five laps to go coming through um Noons stays right with him final lap Pizzinato leads Noons able to get the lead away on the final circuit gets the race win uh, which is, I thought was pretty cool. So Chris Nunes ends up with the win. Uh, Jacob Pizzinato in the second spot on the Illuminos and Luca Bartone, another Illuminos driver, um, uh, finishing in third. But Nunes in the JH Motorsports Tony Kart coming away with the victory from P4. You, you, you just At a race like that, David, like you said, sometimes third you could get in trouble. Mantel was able to stay out of the way. But sometimes if you're fourth, you may end up coming away with a victory. <laughs> so that's just Lancaster. Yeah, he's, he ran the game plan I would have ran. I would have just kind of sat back and see what these guys were going to do. Yep. And then and then it just, you know, sometimes a victory just falls in your hands. And and, and just being in the right place at the right time works out. And and so that's what happened for him and, and good on him. Uh, again, like you said, the S3 category, every year it's kind of been a, a cool race to watch. Yeah, so. it has. It has. And even with the incident... Vicente Salas ends up getting the, the points championship in the Pro Kart Challenge. Uh, he wins the title over Pizzinato and Bortone. That's your first, second, and third placers. Uh, Mike Mantell, as we said, getting the win in the S4 category, battling it out with the S3 drivers. And Jacob Yesnick won the pole in the S5 class. Mateus Coito was able to handle the pre-final, then went on to score the win in the main event. So uh, Mateus Coito, the victor 
in the S5 Junior Stock Honda class. All right, folks, we get back from this break. Uh, what do we got left to do here? We got X30 Junior. We got KA100 Junior, Senior, and Master, Mini, and Micro Swift. We'll wrap up the race report from this year's Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix after this break. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. We offer trackside support and arrive-and-drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. We're also your Midwest home for Tony Kart and Miami, and we're your source for MG and Avinco tires in the region. Tony Kart quality cannot be beat, so call us today to put you in a new chassis for your next event. In 2020, we'll be racing and providing arrive-and-drive programs for the full Supercarts USA Pro Tour and the Great Lakes Pro Kart Challenge, the WKA's Kart Week in Daytona, and exciting events like the USAC Battle at the Brickyard and the Rock Island Grand Prix. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. For over 25 years, Supercarts USA has been changing the face of American karting. The debut of the Scusa Pro Moto Tour in 1999 totally transformed national level karting in the U.S. And now the current Pro Tour is enjoying its unprecedented 10th season of competition. The Scusa Pro Tour is the longest-running coast-to-coast national series in the sport. Nothing else has come close in the last 30 years. The Pro Tour is exciting, hardcore racing, but the foundation of Supercarts USA is its regional programs, and we welcome all racers to come experience our style of events. Our flagship region is the California Pro Kart Challenge, a six-weekend series that races from April to September from Fontana to Monterey. The Texas Pro Kart Challenge is in its eighth season and is in the middle of an exciting six-race, three-weekend schedule that takes drivers to Denton, Amarillo, and Houston. And new for 2019 is the return of the Great Lakes Pro Kart Challenge, where Scusa was born and raised. The series features four weekends at Newcastle, Norway, and Road America. We'd love to have you experience our product, and we hope to see you at a future Supercarts USA event. To learn more, head to supercartsusa.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode number 57 of the EKN Debrief, as David Cole and I break down this year's Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. Uh, David kind of coming in here to run some shotgun. He actually did not make the trek to the event this year. Uh, David, we're going to jump in here again. This is the race report presented by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. X30 Jr., and uh, KA100 Jr. And it was really a dominant day, a breakout weekend for Max Opolsky. He qualifies on pole, 
wins the pre-final, and wins the main event in both races, David, in dominant fashion. For the Ryan Perry Motorsports driver, a breakout weekend for Opolsky. We, we've seen him kind of be a mid-pack, you know, top 10 guy, but man, flawless this particular weekend. Yeah, as you said, I have not seen him compete for a podium spot really uh, all season long. And and to be able to step up at the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix like this and score both victories is is huge, uh, as you said. Yeah, flat dominated the day, was able to get out front early in the final. And uh, there was a couple of incidents early in turn number five uh, that, that kind of shuffled everybody behind him. Uh, there was contact between uh, Frankie Mossman and, and Blake Nash. And then the next one was between uh, uh, Schrader, uh, Kale Schrader uh, Caleb Schrader, rather, and Alexander Berg. They were battling each other. They ended up getting uh, tapped into the wall a little bit. Uh, Berg tried to make a move. I think Schrader was right there with him. They made a little bit of contact. Tommy Trailer was right there in fourth or in sixth and did, did an awesome job kind of getting out of the out of the contact. Little you know evasive maneuvers, jink left, jink right, coming through there to get fourth. Uh, but in the final laps, Alexander Berg, and Blake Nash actually refired things up once again. Opalski's gone. He's checked out, hitting all the marks. He's got the got the race win handled. But the battle for second was awesome. Uh, Nash had it for a bit, then Berg took it back, uh, and then I think I, I think Berg made the pass or had the had the spot coming out of turn four. So hard to see all the way down in turn number four, and especially at that time of the day with the light coming down as it was, even hard to see on the on the on the big screen. Berg just got into the wall, David, on the exit of the hairpin. I think he probably would have had second. That allowed Nash to, to slip through for the runner-up spot and Caleb Schrader on the Cosmic kind of inheriting third. But it was cool to see Alexander Berg step things up. We saw him at the uh, at the Spring Nationals uh, in, in Utah do a, you know, have a really good run there. But, man, he uh, he turned things up and, and really probably deserved a second-place finish in, in X30 Junior, but came up just short in the wall in turn four. We've seen that before. Yeah, it's just, it's just part of the deal. Uh, and <laughs> the hairpin, it, it's a tricky corner because you can, you can carry a lot of speed in there. So it's going it, to, it's, it's finding that perfect momentum through there because it's, it's such a slow corner. I mean, you, you I mean, we crawl, you, you can stand there and you can almost run faster than they crawl through there. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, you can carry so much speed into it, but it's a, it's a tight corner, like you said, and you can just imagine what's going through, Alexander's mind, right? It's like, I've got to get out of this corner. I got to nail this perfectly. I got to run it all the way out to the wall. And when you do that, you could, you could have some trouble. And that was, it's interesting. I talked to Mike Smith as well. Um, and we were chatting about the fact that, he, you know, hitting your marks. And he, Ryan Norberg even said it. If when you're trying to lay down a qualifying lap, you got to be an inch from the wall every time, every corner. He goes, you can't do that every time though, because you make a mistake. But to get that speed, to be able to have the kind of exit speed that I think Alexander probably needed to hold off Blake coming down the straightaway, he had to get right to the wall. And the thing about those barriers, David, is they are unforgiving. If you tap them ever so slightly, if it's just too much, they just suck you right in. It's all about angles and inches, right? (laughs) That's true. That's very true. Uh, In the end, uh, so again, Max Opolsky walking away, wins the race, Blake Nash second, Caleb Schrader in third. In the Pro Kart Challenge points, Josh Pearson actually winning the championship. Max Opolsky with that dominant run, moving himself up to second, and Blake Nash finishing third overall in the championship. Essentially carbon copy, David. I could just say exactly the same thing about Opolsky in the KA100 junior class. He was absolutely dominant. Qualifies on pole, wins the pre-final again, and, and again, stretches away in the main event and just and just gone. I, another 
Again, same thing as, as X30 Jr., early race contact with the turn five barriers. Uh, Caleb Schrader got a little too wide coming through the corner. He hits the wall, bounces back out. Frankie Mossman had nowhere to go, center punches him. So it's a couple of, of turn five incidents for Frankie Mossman. Uh, Opalski just ran away with it, his second win of the day. But the battle from second back to sixth was super fun to watch. Jacob Yesnick, um, Kyriakis Siakas, Logan Toke, Ethan Lampy, and Haley Schroeder, David, all in this battle. and. It's KA100 Junior Racing. Our kids just say it's just KA100 Racing completely. It's just so close. Every every driver so evenly matched. They were running nose to tail for a majority of the race. Yeah, you got to find the right position and the right time to make a pass because, as you said, the, with the K100 engines, uh, every, everybody's fairly equal because, again, uh, Streets of Lancaster, it's, it's flat out in a lot of sections. I'm not quite sure. Uh, how fast they are through one and two, but I'm I'm sure it's it's got to be close to almost being flat out. So yeah. Um, so yeah, you definitely got to pinpoint your your maneuvers accurately. And uh, when you get you know again four four to five guys running together, it's just uh, you never know what quite's going to happen. But it's good to see some great fighting uh, and clean racing. Yeah, in the end, uh, Siokas. On a Fullerton, ends up finishing second. Jacob Yezik, another Fullerton driver in that third spot. The racing was tremendous in KA100 Junior. But again, the spotlight on Max Opolsky absolutely just dominated the action, pulled away for another race win. Two victories, back-to-back jacks at the streets of Lancaster. Josh Pearson, another championship as well. So he wins the title in both X30 Junior and KA100 Junior. Ethan Lampy ends up in second, and Jacob Yeznik rounding out the top three. Uh, KA100 Senior. Interesting, David, to see kind of the shift of where people are jumping to. Biggest field on the weekend, I think 28 carts. It was an awesome field of drivers. Uh, Alex Saragusa on the comp card ends up qualifying on pole. Oliver Calvo in the pre-final takes that, uh, that, uh, that win there to qualify on the pole position for the main. Uh, I'll tell you, the final was everything you would have expected out of a K100 senior class with so many good drivers. Tremendous racing, wild opening laps. Uh, Oliver Calvo and Michael Mischoff swapping the lead early. Luke Seligan was in there. Nick Ramirez, you mentioned him earlier, running in the K100 senior class, doing double duty. Jensen Altzman and Saragusa also in that lead group. David, it was, I say wild opening laps. It was wild. The fans, every time they came through five, you know, somewhere in that top six or seven, somebody was too wide coming through. It was, the, the crowd was loving it. And K100 senior. Well, yeah, you're going to get that good run off uh, turn four out of the hairpin. So, yeah, that's your optimal time to to get a pass in the K100 category. You get a good run down the straightaway. And you probably have two by two by two probably at one point. <laughs> yeah. one another. Lots of passes in turn number three as well. You know, as you said, holding so much speed through one, so much speed through two. You get a lot of, you know, you're rolling so much speed, a lot of bike coming through two. It's that you know, onto the breaks down into three where a lot of guys made that pass on the inside. Uh, Michael Mischoff was actually out early. Uh, lap number eight, contact in turn number four. That was it for Mischoff. Uh, Nick Ramirez actually took the lead at the halfway point, but Oliver Calvo took it back to lead the last five laps. And then things got exciting. It got really wild, actually. So at one point, so let's say lap 19, Luke Selican's slowly working his way forward. And David, you talked about a little bit of the strategy, right? Where do you want to be? Selick was back in like fourth or fifth. He goes to third. He goes to second. He ends up leading about half the the lap of turn number nineteen. I want to say that he led. I think I think uh, Calvo took it back in turn number five. So there, he makes the move to the inside of turn five. 
out of five, Calvo uh, is your leader. Cross the line. Aaron Likens right there. Give him the white flag. Selican right there in second spot. So they come out of turn four. And, you know, you've seen so many of those races at Lancaster. You know what's going to happen. Comes out of turn four, goes wide, comes right back to the inside. All the way down the 1,000-foot straightaway. He's on the inside. Not going to give anybody, not going to give Selican a chance to, to do that inside move. Selican tries the outside. as So he's fully around the outside. Got him. They're on the outside, coming through turn number five. And Oliver says there's no contact. From where I saw, thought, I thought I saw a little bit of contact, but to me, it doesn't even matter. Anyways, it's hardcore racing. Selican's trying the outside move, which is, as you know, uh, very low percentage because you got it. Number one, you got to be able to hold it. Number two, you have to have no contact at all coming through. There might've been a bit. Selican just doesn't make the corner. He ends up tagging the wall. He's out of the race and Calvo slides through for another win at the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. It was exactly what we were hoping for. And, Epic finish for that cl- that class. I swear I saw something very familiar a couple weeks ago. There was a red cart in front of me that got pushed off the similar way. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. as you said, um, it's side-by-side racing, and the inside guy might drift out a little bit further than he wants to, where the outside guy wants to snug it as much as he can. So I'm, I'm sure there was contact. And again, it's probably, it's racing contact. It's, it's part That's of racing. It. I'm sure Selican feels that way now that it's been a couple weeks after, but I'm sure he would have much rather have hugged, uh, and, 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 and dropped, uh, Calvo down a little bit lower than probably what he was just to make sure that he had that couple of inches on the exit to, to maybe get away without making contact with the wall. Well, it's easy for us to say that, right? We're not the guy behind the wheel. Luke Selican, of course, one well, of the best uh, drivers, you know, we, he's a tremendous driver. We know we've watched him come up the ranks and it's, Hey, he's on the outside, trying to hold on at the very edge, edge of adhesion, just trying to stay out of the wall. Oliver, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Oliver Cavill's got a very shallow entry, right? He's coming in on the inside. So you know the car is going to push out. There's no way it's not going to have a little bit of oversteer coming into that corner. And all it would have taken, David, honestly, a light, even if you leaned on him a little bit, right? And that's fine. That's totally legal because you're side-by-side side with the guy. You're going to lean on him. You're going to have some contact. It wasn't like he punted him. He just rolled through that corner. And even just enough to lean on Luke enough, the car is just going to slide out a little bit. That's all it is. Yeah, and that, and if, again – you you have experience, so I don't know exactly how how you would uh, handle that situation. <laughs> put more wheel into it, like you said. I should have put more wheel uh, into uh, it. No, to be honest, I if I was Luke, I, yeah, I would have put a little bit more wheel into it to get to again side by side contact is not a big issue, and it's part of racing. So even if he's on the outside, you know, hug you got to hug Calvo a little bit more than what you probably would typically in order to keep away from that wall, because you know, he's going to come up into you no matter what. So I, I don't know. It's just, it's a really tricky, but it's a fun corner to watch. David is referring to the cup carts, North America, grand nationals, where in one of the heat races, <laughs> uh, a couple of guys were coming on the inside of me. I got, I got drafted up on the inside in turn five and I probably should have pinched down even more than I did. But that driver got into the curb on the inside then of course, shooting him out into me, shooting me out into the grass. It was the great part. The great part is I have it on video because I was I was actually behind you at that yeah, point. Damn it! I want to yeah. see that. that. That sucks so bad. And that was that. You know, after the awesome heat race I did have, that one that that one really kind of pissed me off. But hey, you know, I live and learn, my friend. I will pinch next time. I'll pinch. Uh, 
Cowboy ends up getting the win by just nine hundredths of a second over Jensen Altsman, Alex Saragusa coming home in that third spot. And for Oliver Calvo, Dave, four wins at the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. This guy, this guy's got the handle on it. It's his first season in the senior categories, having won in the junior classes. Uh, Oliver's a pretty good shoe. And <clears throat> let's just say this. We talk about streets of Lancaster being kind of a, you know, that testing ground, David, you know, getting things dialed in for the, for the Super don't. Nats. Don't no, I'm just don't saying do it. He's going he's going to the Super no. Nats with a, a head of steam and some momentum, right? Some confidence. I've done I've said that every year he's won and he's done nothing at the Super Nats after I've done I've said that. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> I said it this time, not you. You're the jinxer. Okay. You are good, the jinxer. Because I, I yeah, I'm I I am done putting my money on Oliver Calvo. <laughs> I mean, I've come up empty every year. Uh, you know, and what, okay. So he was in June. Yeah, you're right. This was the first yeah, senior yeah. year. So I'm trying to find the, remember he was, he wasn't, he, he was going for the triple crown last year. Remember the big money from the That's IKF grand true. national yep. streets of Lancaster and super 10 grand. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Because I, I had him as a top contender every, the last three years in junior racing. Well, listen, and do that at the super nationals, snub him this year and he will rub it in your oh. face. It's perfect. I am going to snub him. And he's going to. I've had it and three times and you're out, right? And he'll just rub it in your face on, on, on top of the podium. There you go. Well, but again, you know, that <laughs> K100 senior category is yeah. just going to be phenomenal. It is, it is going to be. Last year was amazing. This year is going to be just as good. Uh, anyways, Calvo, four times a winner at the Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, wins the championship in the Pro Kart Challenge as a result as well. Nick Person coming second overall. Excuse me, and, and Christopher Martin, uh, third in the championship points, the Pro Kart Challenge championship points. Uh, three more categories still to wrap up here in the race report. K100 Master, Mini Swift, and Micro. K100 Master, uh, David Cole, your friend and mine, Mike Smith, absolutely dominating the action. The general manager from the Cal Speed Karting Complex in, in Southern California and Fontana. Smith was just phenomenal. Ends up qualifying on the pole, wins the pre-final, walks away in the main event as well. Good battling behind him. PP Master was in the big fight. He ends up finishing in second. Robert Perez comes home in third. But, dude, straight up, Mike Smith did not put a wheel wrong all weekend long. He, <laughs> Like Norberg saying you got to get close to the wall in every corner, Mike was telling me that he felt pretty good with the cart, so he made sure he left himself some room until the pictures came out from the weekend. And he realized that he really wasn't leaving himself as much room as he thought. He was like an inch from the wall in a couple of the pictures. <laughs> well, but if you feel like you are, that's true. That's I, I think that's better because if you feel like you've, you know, you're like hitting it where you're still like six inches away, that that's the issue. But if you if you feel like you're six inches away yet you're only an inch away, that's probably a little bit better because it, it makes it. It probably means he he felt comfortable. He understood what the the cart was doing throughout the weekend, and that's why he swept the weekend. I think because he just he was in tune. He became one with the cart. Uh, Nick DeGraff was right in there battling it out with PP Mastro as well. I wanted to th- I want to say and I don't I don't have it in my notes, but I know Mike and I talked about it. I think he did get a penalty from Neil Strickland for a jump start at one point, but he, it was a, whatever, a five second penalty and his lead was whatever it was, you know, 15 seconds or whatever. And so he still won the race even with the five second penalty. But I think Neil had it set up where you actually couldn't punch off until the start finish line for those races. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, in the pre-final, uh, he did get a three second, uh, jump start penalty. Uh, but he actually won by still eight. I did eight thoroughly seconds. enjoy the uh, conversation we had that evening with Neil and Mike, 
bitching about it. That was fantastic, though, because we had a conversation about where the. Oh, I would have loved to have been in that because I that rule still I hate it bothers me because I understand. Yeah, you want you want, have a certain area where you want drivers to punch off. I understand that, but the pole sitter determines when we go. Agreed, and that I. No matter what, that is how I feel about racing. Not, and this, hey, David has almost got to the point right now where qualifying on pole is not a good thing, right? It's a it's a disadvantage. No, I'd much yeah. rather qualify third. I would much rather qualify third because I don't have to worry about anything other than staying on the yeah. bumper of the guy in front of me. If he jumps, it doesn't matter because That's I didn't it. jump. That's I went it. with him. So Mike Smith ends up winning the points championship for Ricardo Arruda in second and Steve Jasinski in third. But nonetheless, just to cap it, a, a tremendous run for Mike Smith on the FA cart, so dominates the weekend and, and wins in KA 100 master in the mini. We need we need to we need to race. I'd love that. that. That'd be fun. I'd love to do that. I I need to do some more hundred cc racing. That was a hell of a lot of fun earlier this year. Um, let's jump to Mini Swift. Jack Schrady on the Ricardo uh, qualifying on the pole position. Uh, Enzo Delini though moving to the front in the pre final. Uh, Delini would lead early. <clears throat> excuse me in the main event. Schrady fell from his off pole position back to fourth uh, in the early going, but he fought, fought his way back. Just kind of slowly, you know, got relaxed. Got back into the groove. Schrady then went by Keegan Kaminsky, then able to get by Isaac uh, Gutierrez back to second. In fact, then would go to the lead right at the halfway point, but he and Delini kind of went back and forth a little bit. Uh, Gutierrez eventually would take the lead from third and turn number one. That's what caught me off guard really late in the race. You know, <clears throat> I can't see one, obviously, from where I'm, I'm, I'm calling. For all I can see is turn five. But the big screen allows me to see most of the stuff that happens. But with the cameras, the static cameras they have, we can hardly see turn one because I think the camera for turn one is like on the way down into turn two. So you hardly see people coming out. And then once they come through turn two, we get that straight on camera back from, from turn number three. So I, I couldn't see it. He actually went from third to first, I believe, in turn number one. So here we go. Here's the battle. So he runs the defensive line into the final corner. Gutierrez does. Schrady tried on the outside move, just like we saw out of Luke Selikin. Uh, he, again, uh, grabs the spot. He's on the outside. He's got the position, but made contact with the wall. Schrady ends up going out. Gutierrez gets the victory. Delini finishes second, and Keegan Kaminsky in third. It was I was pumped for Jack Schrady. Of course, into the wall, David, there. You know, he tried it. He was going for the race win. Is what you've got to do at Lancaster. And the cool thing about the Lancaster race so Jack Schrady out of the cart, helmet comes off. You know, I, I get the crowd, say, listen, here he is, folks, Jack Schrady. He went for it for you. The crowd erupts, you know, the all the, the, the cheers. So J- Jack at least got a little bit of love from the crowd. Yeah, I was just, as you were talking about it, I'm like, yeah, I know it's coming. I know it's yeah. coming. And, and like you said, that at least when you wreck in turn five, there's a crowd there to kind of pick you back True. up. And, and I think that's, that's a cool thing. Because if you wreck in turn one or two, there's nobody there that's going to pick you up. Not even, not even the loser cruisers. You're by so. yourself, crying by yourself. You're by yourself. Yeah. So at least, like you said, you go, you got to go for it. You know, it was a smart move. Yeah. You try and hold the outside, and as you said, he almost had it, but just that that one that one little slip into the wall that that's going to grab you and, and catch you, and that's what happens. So at least now he knows from experience he's done it and, and can learn from it and, and move on. I love that he tried it. I thought it was fantastic because Gutierrez, of course, down to the inside, like you're supposed to, you run the defensive line. I love that Jack Sherry tried it. It was awesome. He ends up finishing second overall in the points. Jesus Vasquez, uh, the champion in the mini swift category for this year's pro car challenge. 
uh, Schrady in that second spot and Ryan Persing rounding out the top three. Yeah, Vasquez won all five rounds go, going into the weekend, and I don't think he even raced at uh, at Lancaster, That's, did he? No, I don't think he did. No, no. Why not? Just you've already got the season ready to go. Drop it and and move on. Let's wrap things up here with Micro Swift. Alex Mercado on the peril and qualifying on the pole position. G three Argiros wins up uh, winning the pre final start on the pole position. Really an impressive run by Logan Chambers. He was able to work his way to the front uh, with a couple of tra- really solid passes. Gets the victory. Uh, Chambers, just a, a really strong run, and, and we had a good interview at the end afterwards after he'd won. Uh, he was our first driver, because as you know, David, at, at Lancaster, the drivers come back to the scales. I think they go through the scales, and then they put the guy in the back of the Toyota Tundra from Toyota of Lancaster. He able, he's able to get that you know, kind of cruise around, everybody waving and cheering for the winner in the back of the truck. Interview in turn number five, and Logan did a great job with the interview as well. But it was a, it was a really, really good pass for the race win. He takes the victory. Uh, Graham Trammell in second, and Argyros ends up in third. Trammell, though, wins the championship. Uh, Chambers second, and Mercado third. Uh, Yeah, Graham Trammell with the championship in the Micro Swift category. Now, see, Chambers might be one I put my money on in Micro because Chambers won earlier this year in uh, at the Scuso Pro Tours uh, Winter Nationals at Cal Speed. Um, So uh, he might be one to to kind of bet on in Micro. And obviously, Trammell... Uh, now two-time champion in the Micro Swift category. Uh, he's going to be another one that uh, we're going to have to watch uh, in Las Vegas. So let's wrap things up here, folks. Uh, look at the Constructors' Championship breakdown, 10 different brands scoring race wins. It's interesting, David, depending on what races are at, right? You're going to see different brands step up. You know, there'll be some brands that just run USPKS or WKA. Other guys are on the Scusa Pro Tour. A lot of, a lot of drivers on the FA carts. Uh, with Nash Motorsports being one of the teams, obviously. Uh, so they end up with four wins. Croc Promotion, of course, with three wins. And interesting, a, a single race weekend for the Pro Kart Challenge as well. As you've, We didn't talk about any double races, just one race. Uh, Jake French winning on the on the Croc Promotion. Connor Robles and Mateus Coito. Uh, a couple of victories for Illuminos and Mike Mantell and, and Carl Lewis. Just a single win for CRG for, uh, for Patrick O'Neill. Ricardo with the win, Cosmic, Tony Kart, Top Kart, Parallel, and MMK, all with one victory uh, in that deal. So FA Kart getting the four wins. But David, again, a lot of talk of this race as we wrap things up here from this year's Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, that this could be the last edition of the event. You know, people have heard rumors about the potentially wanting to move the race to the fairgrounds. Uh, Tom Cutcher's told us that the talks are still ongoing with the city. The I know Toyota of Lancaster really want to have it back. We'll see. If this is the last Lancaster, I don't know. It's kind of a bucket list race for a lot of people. I would hope that uh, more people would have came for this year. We may not be back there next year. We may. We'll see. Yeah, uh, we already covered it, kind of how how amazing the 11-year run has been. Um, Excuse has been involved with, I believe, for now nine years of the either eight or nine years of, of the, uh, of the event. Uh, it's, it, you know, really what, what it, it differents from any other street race is how the city is really involved with it. And I, and when I say city, I'm not talking just the, the attendees, but I'm talking actually the, the city of Lancaster and, and the parks and rec department that, that get involved and help, you know, set up the events along with Scusa and just, and just the uh, camaraderie between an organization, a karting organization, and an actual city uh, is phenomenal. And and what they do is 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 just 
it's it's top level. I mean, there's nothing like you said. The, the 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 television screen that they have broadcasting to show everybody sitting there in turn five. So you don't have you, you can go around the, the the track and see different areas, uh, but it's just uh, you know it's just phenomenal what the city and Scusa have been able to do. I agree. Agreed. It's just a, it's an incredible event. And the, the way they approach it is is just tremendous. Uh, overall, racing I think was pretty good. You know, if if I if I get step back, I'll I'll give it a B plus, maybe even an A minus. It was some really good racing, uh, maybe even just an A because to be honest, it was really good. We didn't have any major incidents in that tight uh, right hand turn three as I talked about. As usual, we're going to get some shunts in turn number five. Guys overcooking it, uh, you know, tapping, maybe getting on the brakes too early, locking it up. But David, every year, and it's right in front of us, the barrier setup they have, the plastic barriers, then a bit of a gap. Then the hay bales, and then more, you know, another gap, and then the hay bales in a different angle. It's the amount of energy that gets dissipated and collected when the drivers come into those. We had a couple drivers, maybe a little sore, but no major injuries whatsoever with some hard impact in turn five. I thought, I, again, the, the, the corner workers did a tremendous job. You know, anytime there's an incident, they're jumping out, they're getting the carts off to track real quick. Turn five, of course, kind of the epicenter of all the excitement. And the guys they have at that corner do such a tremendous job getting that thing cleared up. Yeah, it's just, it's really the the spacing between the barriers, hay bales, spacing between hay bales and hay bales. It, like you said, it it absorbs that that momentum that 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 force that the cart and the driver are are bringing into it, and it helps alleviate uh, any type of major injuries. That uh, I mean, we've seen a lot of hard hits, and oh, uh, yeah. you know, I, one of the oldest guys racing uh, last couple of years. Um, oh my gosh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, Dave yeah, Conyers. he, you know, he, he's done it at least three times that, I, that we can think of in turn five. So, uh, and he kept coming back for more. So, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely, right. you know, one of the safest street races that there is in North America, without a doubt. Capping off the, uh, event, obviously the award presentation at the end of the day, all the trophies heading out, but as, uh, has been done the last number of years, Tom Kutcher announcing the winner of this year's streets of Lancaster Grand Prix scholarship. Of course, John Crow, the winner in 2018, proudly displayed the Streets of Lancaster logo throughout the year. This year's winner, who will represent the event for the next calendar year, winning a scholarship with uh, uh, entry package to the Scusa Pro Tour, the California Pro Car Challenge. The winner, uh, Vicente Salas uh, from the Musgrave Racing Company crew. He and his dad, the whole family is there uh, all, all year long. And I know that uh, he has impressed uh, Tom and the whole Scusa staff, which is the way they approach the sport. So, Vicente Salas, congratulations. This year's Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix Scholarship winner. All right, folks, final break in the action of this particular edition of the Debrief. We've wrapped up the Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. When we get back after this break, we'll jump into the ECAN Trackside Live race calendar to tell you where we're going to be in the next couple of weeks. Stick with us. More to come. Hi, EKN listeners. This is Jeff Wessel from Streeter Superstands. When it comes to lifts and stands for your carts and the largest selection of shop and trailer accessories, we know all about building and giving you the best. The Streeter Superstands crew has over 30 years of experience, are cart racers just like you, and know that the Streeter name stands for durability, affordability, and most of all, quality. We're the original and genuine manufacturer of Bigfoots and Stacker stands, and we build them right here in the USA, along with our best-selling Streeter Superlift, upright stands, and an ever-growing roster of shop and trailer accessories to outfit any trailer or garage. While some guys pretend to be number one, we prove it every day, every race. Racers demand the best, and Streeter Superstand builds it. Check us out at StreeterSuperstands.com. 
when it comes to the best in lifts, stands, shop and trailer accessories, and all the cool necessities to make your race day easy and organized. It's all at StreeterSuperstands.com. We innovate, not imitate. Roll with the best right now at StreeterSuperstands.com. Are you looking for a new card shop? One that treats you like you're an important customer? If so, look no further than Acceleration Car Racing. At Acceleration, customer service is number one. We are a full-time carding business, not a hobby or an afterthought. We have all the products you're looking for, from kit carts to shifters, safety to speed. We strive to offer our customers the best products, prices, and service. At Acceleration Kart Racing, we're always here when you need something for your racing program. Located in Las Vegas, Acceleration is stocked with a wide range of products. We've been helping racers get the right parts for over 16 years. Acceleration has everything that a kart racer needs, from turnkey carts to safety equipment, engines and more, stocking all of the leading kart racing brands. Here's a taste of the products that we carry every day. CRG, Tony Kart, Bennett, Rotax, Honda, IAMI, MG Tires, Zinco, Bridgestone, Mojo, Alpine Stars, Sparco, Ribtech, and EVS, Tillet, Micron, Alfano, Bell, Arai, Zamp, KG, Sniper, Sweet Tech, and KNN. It doesn't matter where you live in the country, we will get you what you need so you can get back on the track. Acceleration has a sufficient supply of products to ensure that your order can be shipped the very same day. Our knowledgeable staff is available to help customers six days a week, and ordering online is open 24 hours a day at shopakr.com. For visitors and locals in the Las Vegas area, Acceleration is a large showroom full of the best kart racing products available. Come on in and check it out. To find out more about what Acceleration has to offer, visit shopakr.com. Again, shopakr.com. And make sure to sign up to be on our mailing list to receive the latest updates and promotions that we send throughout the season. Again, we're a one-stop shop. Shopakr.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode 57 of the EKN Debrief. We just uh, had a really deep dive, a review look at the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. Will it be the last one? I don't know. Maybe we'll be back in 2020. We may be not. That could be the last one we've ever seen. But regardless, David, we got lots more races to go to. This edition of the EKN Trackside Live race calendar brought to you by CRG Nordam. If you want to drive the best, drive a CRG. After years of independent American importers, CRG Nordam is now managed directly by the factory and run out of their state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and they're serious about success. If you're ready to step up to the national level, do it with a factory race team that competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. All right, David, I say that there's a lot of races still to go. I guess I'm looking more long-term because I know that we're coming back to the Scusa Winter Series in January. We'll be doing the full uh, Challenge of the Americas as well. Once we get into March, we're going to have the Scusa Spring Nationals, You're gonna, or rather the Winter Nationals. You're going to have the USPKS. But to be honest, between now and the WK Cart Week at Daytona between Christmas and New Year's, uh, we got just a couple of races. Uh, you're going to be heading to the Rock the Rio event in Las Vegas. What's that? 
October 30th to November 2nd, I think? Uh, really October 28, 29 to the November 2nd. So they, they, it's really a week-long event, uh, very similar to uh, uh, all the other major ending events that we see at the end of the year. Uh, I, I want to say they're on track Tuesday. Tuesday is when they start. So I think two, 28th is maybe a move-in day or, or unoffic- yeah. it might be unofficial practice. So. so Tuesday to Saturday, they do their main events on Saturday. Correct. So that main events are on Saturday. Uh, hearing good numbers for the Rock, the Rio, some pretty solid numbers coming out of it. Yeah, I, yeah, they've already they've already announced that it surpassed last year's entry total um, with the same number of categories that they had last year. So uh, numbers are certainly up. Uh, they they got a lot of uh, momentum building off of uh, Challenging Americas having the, their best season uh, under the Rock Cup USA banner. Uh, Florida Winter Tour had massive numbers um, in 2019 as well. And then you throw in the uh, the rock fests that they had in Biloxi and in Texas. Uh, yeah, the rock the rock uh, program is definitely building up some momentum. Uh, from there, uh, a couple a couple weekends break in the action, and we're back at it for the twenty third running of the Supercarts USA Super Nationals. Expect uh, four fifty to five hundred entries. It's going to be a massive event back at the Rio again. So a couple of uh, big races at the Rio. Super Nationals, David number twenty three. We're looking forward to that one again. We'll try to do a, maybe something new again this year. Be more interviews. We definitely got to do our, our Friday, Saturday, and Sunday debriefs as well because you got to bring the ice bucket out on Sunday. But uh, Sunday, yes, Super Sunday comes with a super ice bucket. <laughs> uh, and I enjoy, yeah, I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed those because we're we're able to talk yep. to people that are walking by or, or sitting with us at the bar. Uh, it was kind of a you know off off the cuff type um, discussion between me and you. We were kind of just grabbing the topics. There's just so much to talk yeah. about. Uh, after each day at the Super Nationals, because uh, there's just so much racing going on, uh, especially Friday. We have both both rounds of heat races. Saturday is a little bit easier with just the, the third heat race and LCQs. And then and then we go into Super Sunday with the main. Yeah, events. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Uh, again, uh, I got a chance to be uh, at least I say part of the announcing team. I've been the primary announcer for the Super for the Super Nats from like, what, 1999 on. I was part of the announcing team in 97 and 98. Um but yeah, it's going to be great to be back again. Major race, as always, every year. Looking forward to that. Excuse us, Super Nationals. Dave, that'll, that kind of wraps up our year. From there, we got what? Maybe, a, I, guess it, I guess it's a, essentially a month break. Uh, well, we haven't confirmed yet whether you're going to the WK Manufacturers Cup and road race and dirt event out at Cart Week. Uh, we'll see. Otherwise, that would be your first. After that, we get, man, it's 2020. Crazy. Well, yeah, essentially, Cart Week is twenty twenty. True. Uh, that that's that's going to start our our twenty two twenty two uh, our twenty twenty season, and uh, it's it's weird. We're going into another decade. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's tremendous, and the fact that we you know the think that we you know I, I kind of got started with everything I did with with Shifter Card Illustrated mag- magazine uh, back in nineteen ninety nine. I'm working into my what would be my third decade. So. Pretty, pretty crazy. Things have been fun, though. So this is my fourth decade in, in karting because I've been in it since I was born. So yeah. I got you there. You do. You have me there. <laughs> Folks, we are wrapped up. That's it for the uh, 57th episode of the EKN Debrief. It's October 17th. David Cole and I doing a deep dive into the Supercarts USA Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. It was another great event. Big thank you to J3 Competition and, Co- and Comp Cart as our presenting sponsor of this particular edition of the Debrief. 
Lots more podcasts to come, folks. We are back at it once again. Like I said, September was an absolute whirlwind for both David and I. We're back into it. We've got a lot of stuff planned. We've got a This Week in Carding coming up that we're going to record next week. i got a couple of interviews lined up as well. We're going to get Greg Jasperson and Steve Vermeer from Cup Carts North America. I'm lining up an interview, a new book interview with... Uh, with Ryan Norberg as well. A lot of good people we're going to talk to. We'll have our first roundtable as well. Folks, thank you so much for joining me here again on the EKN Radio Network. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs>